I've got a uh, game starting at noon, going till midnight tomorrow. I've got I'm going to an MTG pure release starting at two tomorrow. I'm sleeping. You suck. This, this guy, this guy over here with his with his REM and his uh, his uh, um, so, uh, what's the thing? The something cycle. The word just flew out of my head. You know, your uh, circad- circadian rhythm. What the f*** is going on down there? I'm good to go. I'm good to go, and y'all are good to go. Yeah. Hi, Aaron. Hi. Uh, hi, TJ. Hi. We all saw Avengers Endgame, so you can't spoil us now, everybody. Ha! We're invincible. Uh, anyway, we all talked about it for way too long, and we didn't record any of it because we didn't even want to be tempted to spoil any of you. Uh, that all aside, that's how you know what weekend we are recording this before. But, uh, yeah, it sounds like, uh, like, I thought it was good. Sounds like you guys enjoyed it. Sounds mm-hmm. like you, you guys had a good day of it. Yeah. Uh, did y'all have anyone, uh, anyone trying to be a rabble rouser in your theaters, or was it generally solid? That was generally solid. There were two, maybe three moments where there was a whole lot of pop to it. All I'll say is that if you enjoyed any of the MCU movies, I actually saw a list. Every movie has at least two or three direct connections to moments in other movies. And in game, how yeah. did someone already make a list like that? Do they have a copy? I, or it did was they just it cause... was it was a Reddit thing and a bunch of people contributing. Okay, not All like right. one person sitting there going through. It was the hive mind. Someone's just like, I have four hundred dollars and I am watching this movie with a clipboard until I write down everything I want to write down. Uh, I had a guy in the front row at our theater, you know, and it's one of those theaters where as you go back, the seats are going higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a guy in the front row who, for the first 20 minutes of the movie, kept pulling his phone out and texting someone, and he also had his phone on full brightness. Uh, like, not even subtle, not even, like, brightness Justifiable down. homicide. Full bright. Every time it came out and it glinted against my glasses, I was like, we all better... And I don't care that this is for Avengers Endgame. Any movie. You pull your phone out full brightness? Like, if it, if it was at low brightness, I would at least suffer it and go, like, I get it. At least you're trying to be subtle and it must be an emergency. Full brightness, though, even, like, 20 minutes in, I'm like, we're all counting to 10. And then, unfortunately, sir, you're going to die. That's just how this is going to go because you are inviting a mob mentality, especially at one of these movies and this one particularly. But, yeah, that was the only thing at my theater. Uh, I saw on Facebook, though, someone apparently 40 minutes into their showing, someone burst into the theater to yell out the ending and then 10 minutes later, bursting again to yell out more of the ending. And uh, I did wow. not figure out in the comments to that Facebook post if that person was, you know, executed, I guess. Or how they managed to burst in twice without someone rushing them. But, uh, you know, it's 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 one of those event movies. It's one of those uh, endings to a, a decade-long cycle of films that is going to invite the same stuff that, you know, the Harry Potter films invited, I suppose. Although those ones did have the scenario of the plots existing before the films. This one, at least, the you know, you had to have paid it once. Well, someone had to pay once, then everyone else read it off the internet. Anyway, all that aside, don't be a dick. Uh, we're going to talk about Transformers we got this week. Uh, I have no updates. I keep looking, but uh, still no updates on Siege or Studio Series over here on my end. That being Studio Series, Wave, whatever, Bone Crusher's in, uh, and Siege Wave 2 onwards. But, you guys, Aaron, did you find any new Transformers? Nope. 
Oh man, TJ, what about you? <laughs> uh, one and 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 a very unusual one at that. All right, well, what is it? Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a Beast Wars Razor Beast. That's not the gold. The gold one is Randy, right? The gold one is Randy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's that's the one that could potentially destroy itself in the box. Mm-hmm. No, no, this is the one that starred in the IDW series. Right from Wave One, the basic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basic automorpher. So, uh, my mom is friends with a local thrift store that's literally down the street. And every now and then they call, they chat, and just this one time my mom happens to ask if she got any new toys in, Transformers and whatnot. And she said, actually, yeah, I have a big bin full of Transformers I just got in. Go down and take a look myself to look it over because she has no idea what she's dealing with. And I'm presented with a bunch of Megazords. (laughs) because of course uh but yeah just some random beast era transformers in there stuff i had optimal and depth charge but sitting at the bin completely intact and in good shape there's this little razor beast that managed to survive someone's childhood nice you know he's basic for what he is because you know he's just like any of the other little beast wars basic flip formers you know same eight nine points of articulation same transformation but you know, he carries it well. He looks he's, good. He's, he's one of the ones who's kind of shares a skeleton with Rat Trap, right? The way that his shell opens. Yeah, it's pretty much the same. Yeah. Does he have a, a hidden gun? Does it split apart or is it like one piece? I always forget oh, with him. No, it, uh, it's his... Uh, and I, I, I know what you call it on a board. The mane? The hair? Oh, right, right. The hair. His scalp. He's got a scalp gun. Yeah. He's ripped That's the hair so off and there's barrels that flip out. Yeah. I keep is my any, gun in my hair. Is there any brain molded on the inside on that one, too? Or is that a Cheetor you know, exclusive? I, I, you know, but <laughs> I didn't look before. But in anticipation, because I know you this well, I started looking as soon as you started speaking. <laughs> and and uh, not, not brain detail, but it's veiny. That's disgusting. That means that's actually his scalp with all the veins inside his scalp that came off yeah. with the hair. Yeah, yeah. It ripped his own flesh off to shoot you. That's hardcore. <laughs> I love how disgusting those things were. It's just like, what if they're actually Transformers made out of meat? That was like the thought on Wave yeah. One. <laughs> uh, that's very cool. That's a that's a good slice from the past. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I remember when the IDW books came out, and he got really hard to find for a while. Yeah. Um, well, I think also there was there was at least there was at least one period when some new chapter of the fandom was learning about Randy, and then everyone wanted to have that toy, but in a version that didn't break. Um, I might just be misremembering early Bacons, though, when everyone had loose beast stuff. But that's a very cool find. That's making because I also always would mistakenly call him Razor Claw. Uh, yeah, yeah, Wars, I, had to, I had to correct that in my brain as soon as I started. Well, there is also a basic Beast Wars Razor Claw who is a tank, uh, tank, a crab. A tank. Crabs mm-hmm. are like nature's tanks. Uh, well, there was a uh, crab who was a tank. Yeah, there was. Well, that was Rampage. That's a complete... They're, they're all R's. Everyone's name starts with Ra. Uh, I was going to say, there's a third-party Predaking coming out from, I believe, Toy World. And the coolest thing I've seen about it is that Predaking's hands, when they're not hands, uh, turn into a crab. Because that's other Razor Claw. <laughs> and you know what? That is a damn cool idea. Uh, Anyway... Very cool find. Uh, Nice quick on topic what we got this week. That's great because we do also have, as always, 
listener questions. Now, uh, this listener question uh, is from Tedimus Prime, uh, who says, I recently have been finding that the current offerings from Transformers don't quite do it for me anymore. For instance, some of my favorites in my collection are Rid Optimus, the fire truck, G1 Double Dealer, G2 Dreadwing, Rid Rail Racer, and God Jinrai. Basically, I'm a sucker for every- anything with a level of play outside of going from one mode to another. Uh, and those examples, I think, do illustrate that to me. Those things all, you know, there's a combiner, there's an armor gimmick, there, there's a triple uh, faction swapper. G2 Dreadwing is like a weird pseudo combiner. Uh, God Jinrai obviously armors up. Because I've expanded my interest to a variety, or because of that, uh, he goes on to say, I've expanded my interest to a variety of other transforming robots, such as Brave, Eldoran, a bit of Sentai, and recently Shinkalian. Uh, that's the uh, Shinkansen bullet train thing that has some astonishing homage crossovers in its anime uh, that I have seen on Twitter. Um, my question to you is, what recommendations do you have both on and off topic do you think would scratch my itch? There's so many Transformers out there I haven't messed with that I'm sure would do the trick, just as I'm sure there are loads of other Transforming robots you've messed with that would work as well. Sorry, but I also got to say, hard mode for TJ is to not say Cyrotron Optimus. He's already on my list. All the best, Tedimus Prime. So he's into Transformers that do a bunch of extra stuff, basically. Um, Man, Siege. So Siege does a lot of extra stuff with the caveat that you're into 5mm semi-build play. Yeah. And I know there are some folks who have trouble seeing that as a gimmick, even though I, I obviously it is. I mean, psychologically. 18 gun. There's that. Also, in our, in our recent podcast posting for episode 556, people are already having a bit of a, not argument, but like... Folks are trying to discuss the intended use of some of Soundwave's accessories as a hammer or Megatron's back cannon, etc. I think we also had this when they showed Red Alert, and it was like, oh, his light bar becomes an axe. And someone's like, no, that's a gun that he's holding by the barrel. And I'm like, oh, wait, it's both. Mm-hmm. So if you, you got to be into that kind of build play. But yeah, Siege, absolutely. Like, yeah, and, you know, Aaron, obviously, with his fixation on on multiples of six-gun, uh, creating some 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 wonderful art. Uh, with all those hands. Um, I felt like I had a really good answer for this, and then it just fell out of my head. Because I almost was going to say uh, Stealth Force, except that that's all they did. They didn't actually turn into robots. Uh, man. There are some other good ones. But right now, my brain is just filling with all the ones that are not helping. Do you guys have any other ones? Like, like Siege is definitely a, a solid answer. Uh, not that I can think of off the top of my head. Like, that's been my big hit lately for things that have more play outside of that. The the weaponizers, the um, just the the way that this line has more abilities to interact across, you know, the leaders yeah. that have their armor bits that do other things. You like, can I'll, armor them up or swap them around. Obviously, combination is on the table if one of these is literally just Rid Rail Racer, who is just a three-member combiner. Mm-hmm. Uh, thinking of interesting combiners, um, obviously the Studio Series Constructicons are looking like they'll be pretty fascinating, but that's kind of upcoming. Yeah. Uh, Brave and Eldoran definitely will satisfy combiners and armor ups. Uh, you know what? If you have a lot of cash... You can look into some Korean lines like Tobot or Hello Carbot or Geoforce, uh, Biclons. Like those, those also do some really cool stuff. The only problem is they are extremely expensive to get a hold of due to shipping from Korea. Uh, sometimes you can find some deals on Amazon though, or from uh, some of the ones that did come out in other territories. Some of the early Tobots and, and Carbots. Um, those might be something you might want to look into. Uh, 
There was a combination thing I was thinking of. Just slipped out of my head. I mean, the third-party combiners are always going to be really unique. Uh, a little pricey, but really unique. The Toy World's Throttlebot Combiner uh, is, I think, becoming a bit less expensive to get a hold of. And there's also an oversized knockoff of it that apparently is only vaguely trashy in build quality. That thing's quite unique. Uh, I was going to say, like, third-party combiners are really, if you have the cash, they're fairly unique. Because very few of them right now, once you get past the kind of TFC uh, era, and if you... You know, look just look at what's out and look at some videos of it and how it works. Like, a lot of them basically each have entirely unique uh, solutions to what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, TFC's C-Cons all still do the triple-changing thing, and their instructions are so terrible, and all, so many parts move, and there are so many pegs and peg holes, they kind of have a siege gimmick going on, where you can just decide what their alt mode really is supposed to look like, or robot mode. Um... And uh, Ocular Max have got Bruticus coming out at Masterpiece scale, where there are no add-on parts for Bruticus, which I think is the one of the, again one of the that and having add-on parts that turn into things both scratch the itch for me. Uh, like you know, Predaking hands that turn into Beast Wars Razor Claws crab mode, I think is really cool. Or doing a Bruticus where the hands and feet and head and chest plate are all stored in the robots and they're all poseable and stuff. Like that's also really cool. Uh, I think other lions too. Uh, like really, saying brave and Eldoran and Sentai and Shinkalion covers a lot of it. Uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I'm trying to think of some of the out there lines. Some of the that kind of hit the same notes. Like there, there's a lot of good stuff in Korea. It's just it is it is a premium you're paying, and like it's kind of I can't justify it to you other than like you'll get a very unique toy compared to what yeah. you get here. I guess. I think the best my head comes up with is to look into Super Mini Blah, because if yeah. you're in the yeah. if you're in the if you're in the Power Ranger range, then not only you get the build kit experience, but you also get this far more articulated Megazord than what you'd be buying as at the DX level. Like try yeah. one, I'd say you know don't go all in. Like try one, see if you like building it. Uh, maybe do a bit of research to figure out like what a whether or not you're okay with certain levels of part swapping for transformation, and then b which ones out there satisfy yeah. that. Because uh, there is a range, even like in Super Mini Plot, even like there's a range. You know, obviously there's your Voltron, and then there's your what was it Shogun Megazord that had barely any parts swapping. Yeah. Um. Spoiler alert for what we got. There's a new champion. Oh, all right. Uh, stay tuned for the off-topic of what we got to hear the the, the, the true champion. Uh, I remember what I was going to say. If you can track them down, original Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad slash Gridman toys. Oh my god, yeah. Oh yeah. Those, yeah. those scratch a lot of itches, uh, it, and there's only three of them. There is the base body guy Servo, Gridman, there's the big dragon jet, and then there's God Xenon, or just Xenon. Uh, it is three toys to track down, and you get a very interesting play pattern between the three of them, with self-contained transformations, combinations, armor-up gimmicks, all in the same three figures. Uh, in fact, if there was one critique on those toys, it's that you can't combine all of them together into one giant grid man. Um, but even then, like whichever one you're not using as armor is a fully contained play experience, and they are huge toys, too. So I- I'd look into those. There's also Super Mini Plot versions of them out there now, so... Yeah, I think which we, might be as expensive as going back and getting the DX toys. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, those things sold through. And they're doing Super Mini Plot of, uh, of Quad S Gridman now, too. Like, they just put up solicits for that. Uh, there's also two companies doing Quad S Gridman toys. Uh, there's a kind of crappy one by Mega House that's already out. And then there's, uh, I say kind of crappy because I heard from everyone who got it that it was disappointing. And then there's the DX one that uh, Good Smile's doing, which sounds like it might be pretty cool. So look into that stuff, too. Uh, Gridman's got some uh, sort of mix between Sentai and Transformers and Brave. Anyway, I think we gave a lot of answers to that. And uh, talking about combiners, we also got a little bit of news. We saw this silhouette, and then Japan was like, whatever, here's a great prototype. Uh, Generation Selects, uh, Turtler, is my favorite name for him, because it's just a verb of what he turns into. Uh, you might know him as G1 Seacon leader Snaptrap. Uh, we can see what this looks like. We can see the retooling done. I certainly didn't think that was going to be how they did the turtle's front legs, but they did it. Uh, the turtle's head and front legs form an incredibly convincing robot chest plate for the standalone robot mode. Uh, this actually looks like a pretty looks like a pretty good figure. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 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 built on the second generation of whatever you'd call this body. Uh, the original being, um, you know, the Superion, etc. body. And then it was, as I understand it, the Hunger version is not literally that body. It is just that body worked so well, we pretty much used it as a starting point for this technically new toy, which is now Snaptrap. But if you add all that together, TJ, I saw, remember on, on Twitter, you kind of, you'd added up the credentials of this, you know, base idea pretty much. Uh, yeah, like this skeleton has been, you know, your Concord jet, your space jet, your other space jet, your double-headed dragon, now a turtle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and technically wasn't... Wasn't Unite Warriors um, Space Jet slightly different from Combiner Wars Space Jet for Computron? Uh, only in no, only in the Combiner head. Okay. Like the jet, the jet itself was the same. Okay, same nose cone. Yeah, same nose cone. Still had bits of silver bolt in it. Yeah. Nonetheless, though, that's an impressive resume. Like, like basically, I I would definitely agree if someone argued that the Hunger version was a turnover point where it became, on a high technicality, a different toy. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, it's still obviously, and they said it like it's just it is a very good skeleton to work from, and yeah, that's that's hard impressive. Uh, the only thing it didn't do was become the Ecto One. That's like the one thing Onslaughts uh, and and Hotshots thing has got going uh, t- to stand up as a as a solid second place. <laughs> but yeah, this this thing looks looks awesome. Uh, you know, at a glance, I think it's pretty clear. You know, like that. You know, one way it's going to pull off uh, turning into a torso is. Like, you know, Turtler's shell looks like some gigantic hunks of new tooling. Yeah. Uh, that will probably do a lot to change the the shape of the torso mode. I kind of wish they'd showed us the torso mode, but, you know, with no limbs to go with it, I can see that for promo shots, they could see that as a more of a negative, as much as I disagree. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Aaron, let's go over to you first, actually, now that we've discussed the science of it. Uh, speaking as more of a layman to the science of the Turtler, uh, how are you feeling about this guy? Uh... I am astounded to see yet another usage out of that skeleton and also that you could totally be like, no, nah, this is like, this is what it's like final part was like, that's, that's where they were going with it. There's so many added on parts to this one, but yeah. they're also smooth like that, yeah. that turtle head, turtle front legs, chest plate looks both kit bashed, but kit bashed very well. Mm hmm. Uh, Oh, you know what I just noticed? 
Maybe this is something that's on the hunger toy and I just forgot. The the robot mode has ankle tilts. Do they always have ankle tilts? I thought they didn't on some of them. Uh, they did for hunger. Hunger had them? That was because it was part of the next. Right, 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 right. I always forget it. Hunger, like, Power of the Primes in my memory kind of came and went really fast. Okay. Well, well, little well, details like shock, that tend it to... did. Yeah. Like, little details like that slip by me a bit. Like, Hunger and uh, two of the limb Dinobots. I actually don't remember anything about them as individual figures off the top of my head. Uh, I need to mess... Because I, I kind of... I think I kind of ended up with Blot... And one more of the terror cons, and I can't remember which. But I remember, uh, no, Ripper Snapper, not Blot. Ripper, Blot's the one I got last. Ripper Snapper was living on my desk by himself for such a long time. I remember him better than the other ones. Um, TJ, as as a fellow turtler scientist in the sciences of turtling, uh, mm. how are you feeling about this guy? Well, I grew up with a turtler, or by his American name, Snap Trap. Some of us do not acknowledge. Mm. Um. Uh, I like what I see so far. I think it's really clever to use the torso transformation to create the turtle mode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, my only concern, well, I've got, I have two concerns with the guy, but the main one right now is uh, I'm, I'm curious how they're forming the torso mode. And if the shell here, like obviously one shell becomes a shield because we see yeah. it like pinned to his arm and that becomes Piranica's chest plate. But it does concern me that we're going to see some part forming on him and that most of what makes him a turtle is just two pieces of plastic stuck to his back. I'm really curious if they if if the cannon part is just pegged on or if they have tooled it to be like on a on a piece. Cuz on on the top of the turtle mode picture, I feel like I'm seeing kind of a connecting hinge between the two segments. And like maybe the shield part comes off, but it's on like a hinge mounting point on the cannon part. Mm, it's it's hard to tell from a gray proto. Yeah, yeah. It would would have been great to see a torso mode shot. Just saying, yeah. Uh, I, magazine person. <laughs> I, I I I hope there is something to it. Like, like if like if uh, how the head combines just kind of pulls the whole thing up. Yeah, like, like the head reveal. And just That's flipped around. Thing. Like like how are they going to do the head? Are they going to go for volume or they, and do something unique, or is it just going to occupy the same space as a you know superior or abominus head? Like, it's a thing, like, Pronicon's got a way wider head. And and he doesn't have an antenna head either, like, nothing about it matches up with that space. And, like, Galvatronus had a unique thing in there, but it was also just a head. Like, it wasn't, like, really unique as far as its dimensions. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, um, yeah, it was it was just, like, a robot head with a crown, basically. Um, yeah, Pronicon's got, like, a like a downward sloping at times, or not downward sloping, but outward, an outward sloping, uh, it always makes me think kind of a domish head from certain angles. Um, but there's, you know, there's also like the Wolverine hair effect, the kind of sweeping triangle look. Anyway, I am I am fascinated to see how this turns out. And the best part of this is it's going to be on that Hasbro Pulse shop. So uh, ideally, that means maybe we also get a Canadian release of EB Games or something like that. Or worst case, you know, someone could just mule it to a Canadian for super cheap compared to importing through Japan. Um, Are you suggesting something? Maybe I don't, and I'm not suggesting anything that I want to actually take any kind of thinking action on right now. <laughs> but I just feel like you know, with ha- with this being under Generation Selects, uh, like that that branding name is becoming a real positive thing in my mind. Um, 
it, it just seems like it is it is resulting in higher levels of retooling uh a broader spectrum of ideas and a wider net of availability like all at the same time and i hope that that shines through but uh anything else about uh this fellow you guys want to talk about do you think uh do you think they're going to do weapon modes for the limbs cuz i've seen it posited that maybe there's not enough room on a deluxe but then i would also counter that their their weapon modes were certainly not very weapon like outside of being vaguely yeah, shaped no, like i mean a... if they go for <laughs> the it's basically the alt mode with the head tilted back and a gun planted in it like yeah. it can it can match up to those gross air quotes weapon modes mm-hmm. and but, and oh good good no um, give, give me your and well i, I got a science changes my mind i got a science thing to drop on you here uh if they're doing this much retooling i got a two-part thought because of course you know and this is actually something that the tfc third-party piranacon suffers from uh when you have an articulated set of C-Cons, the TFC toys one kind of proved, even if, if you design a solid gripping system, uh, sometimes it can be very hard to get a large toy like that to hold an entire deluxe as a gun. Uh, but then I realize all of these guys will have a Combiner Wars port or, or peg coming out of them, mm-hmm. right? And if they're, if they're in a lengthwise stick shape, usually that means you can have the port pointed down like a handle. Maybe this Piranacon's hands will be designed to interact with that rather than any kind of pegging system. So it's like you would be Combiner Wars porting them onto the hand in weapon mode. Now, that you or see, you just have it come with a stand that connects to that port. Well, I mean, the stands. See, oh, good, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hit where I was going. All right. Uh, and my issue with you is elbows. Yes, because Combiner those are, Wars elbows those, are... <laughs> those are a pa- that's a pair of ball joints that you're asking to hold up a deluxe figure. Yeah. I wonder if there will be like a kind of secure G1 arm style mode built in that can also hold a weapon. Where it's like we're going to negate the elbow by locking the entire arm in position. I think the stand thing is going to happen if... Like if they're going to do anything, the stands is probably going to be another function of whatever kind of uh, hand they're going to come with. Even more so dumb, why didn't I just think about this? They don't even need that, because almost all of them now have the flight stand hole that works for most modes. Oh, I mean, that's what I'm thinking, is you you use whatever these these new hands are that ostensibly come with each of the deluxes, so you'll have two spares, right? And Mm -hmm. then you put that into its platform mode, and then it's just designed so it comes with, like, an arm that goes into that, you know, uh, what is it, four mil? stand peg but you know the yeah the 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 flight stand thing yeah 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 there's a lot of ways this can work and with generation selects i feel like they'd be more open to things like just you know he's quote unquote holding the gun but we're actually like flight standing it just in place uh now my bigger concern here is how they handle the other sea cons because in japan the sea cons were just mindless drones like there wasn't anything mm. special about them like like if we get a five pack of them, that's going to be a ton of retooling for one five pack. That's going to be crazy expensive. And if they do it mm-hmm. one by one, we run the risk of uh, pulling a Telemoka uh, triple dacus and not getting the whole thing. I think that's the most likely scenario. Even looking at Combiner Wars, is that they nix a member and then 
can present it as we're doing something that's also sellable and saleable in Japan is King Poseidon. Because it was well, Overbite, right? That wasn't in King uh, Poseidon? It was, it was Nautilator. A Nautilator, yeah. It's the crab. Yeah, I found out it got left out of the gift pack releases, too. Yeah. Like, that poor like, guy just can't catch a break. I mean, it might actually not be him. They might just pick whoever they can't suitably retool onto any of the existing skeletons and then just do this as a five-member team. And if they do that, then they can leave out the weapon modes, too. And it would be an easy critique, but also probably, like, one of the most justifiable ones is leave out a member, leave out the weapon modes. Listen, we're doing Piranacon, and none of y'all thought we were going to do him ever. And it's like, all right. See- See, I thought the smarter play would have been to do King Poseidon first, because you, it's only five toys you invest in, and all five are individual characters, unlike the Seacons in Japan. And then later on, you do the Seacons and throw in the sixth one. It's like, hey. I think it's kind of like, surprise. as much as, as much as like King Poseidon, I think, is like almost in ways the superior version of all of this, There's no, I think there's no way you get as many eyes on that as like a, you know, the more... Uh, brightly colored Seacons version uh, that like both coasts will immediately recognize on site. No, true. Yeah. Because also King Poseidon, like it seems like by being generation select, it seems like it's falling into the the current state of everything we make. We try to make so we can just put a sticker on it to sell in Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like King Poseidon would be, I think a much harder sell over here on Hasbro pulse. Yeah. Um, so I think there are still some folks who ought, at a glance, see a King Poseidon and go like, what's that? Because uh, he's got a unified color scheme and all that, but this is also probably quite a ways off. Uh, nonetheless, it's it's very cool to see. Like I'm pretty sure it's still going to happen this year, uh, and we'll we'll stay updated with it as it happens. Uh, and that brings us to our other listener question. This comes from Inhuman Elm, uh, who says, "I hope those of you going to TFCon LA have had or are having a great time." Good call. Uh, I was brewing a question discussion topic when I realized it might fit in well with your post-convention decompression. Uh, what are some of the most hilariously missed, hilariously mispriced toys you've ever seen? Uh, I started thinking of this after three experiences at the, at the uh, local vintage toy store. Last time I was in, I noticed they had both of the X-Overgen, Crossover-Gen, uh, TF-02 God Armor, and Transformazing Toys Pandora's Box for full retail and then some. My understanding was that both were poorly reviewed and could only be sold at discount. Between this and both pieces being open and used, I would have assumed the price would have been significantly lower. On the flip side, I found a Tomica Hyper Rescue Drivehead 02 Rescue Backdraft with all stickers and accessories in the $5 bin. A $20 toy, but sold only in Japan, and a relatively older one at that. You know what? Let me just rewind for a sec. Tetemus Prime. Uh, Tomica hyper rescue, like Tomica rescue stuff. Once they started getting really nuts and just making transformers with matchbox cars as cockpits, uh, you might like that too. I haven't got any, but everything I've seen is they might scratch your itch too. Um, so, uh, Inhuman Elm goes on to say, to be clear, I am not trying to put the store on blast or mock them. They have thousands of products cycling through constantly with approximately three employees, one of whom is part-time. It would be insane to expect every single toy to be accurately researched, priced, and adjusted as trends change. These were just three examples of funny situations. Uh, what I'm also going to say, the crossover gen stuff did review poorly. Transformazing Toys Pandora's box, those of us who actually handled it, I think kind of dug it. It's just that as a project that lost a lot of steam when they were unable to produce the entire trailer. So it was just add on parts. Uh, I don't think, I think there was a, a, a critique that in production, some of the joints ended up pretty loose. 
Uh, they were fixable, but I feel like it ended up reviewing a bit better than the crossover gen stuff, but then the crossover gen stuff looked cooler at a glance. So, you know, whatever. Uh, I've seen lots of stuff cost lots of funny prices. We got a place called Toys, Toys, Toys here in Toronto who get toys that seem to either be from liquidation stock or that literally just fell off the back of a truck or that they've bought in the States and brought here. And sometimes they will have new toys for cheap. Sometimes they will have old toys for way too much. And sometimes they will also have new toys for way too much. Like just general markup, like not even diamond shipping markup, but like, I don't know, this deluxe is $30. Then these deluxes are $15. And it it, it seems to be very much someone just stares at the figure and tries to ascertain its worth. Uh, their Star Trek section, also their Star Trek, Star Wars section for years, maybe it's changed in the last year or two, I haven't been there for a bit, but it also classically was like every single price tag on half these figures is different because they're trying to guesstimate which ones are valuable. Uh, so I, I've seen a lot of pretty pretty goofy prices on stuff like that. Um, Aaron, have you seen any any truly goofy prices? Uh, I think I've shared the story before about the local, I think, pawn shop that got a bunch of KO G1. I vaguely and, remember this and had it priced as if it was like brand new mint out of box sealed and then i had to be the one that was like nah whoever sold these to you got one over on you um and i can't say that i can remember off the top of my head seeing hilariously mispriced up or down um just because, like, I know that I've seen it before. I know I've seen it at conventions before. I know I've seen it at uh, stores and the like. But it's never been a thing that has really, like, clicked with me because it's either been like, ha, 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 they think they, they want a whole lot more money for that than is sane. And then that's been the end of it. Yeah, usually when I, like, going off that, it's it's often just like, is it imported or third party? It must be expensive. I'll just yeah. price it expensive. Uh, with with no knowledge of like the nuance from product to product, right? Or you know what? Amazon listings for masterpiece toys are also pretty consistently hilarious. Like the hundred and eighty dollar MP Bumblebee, like the little one. Um, yeah. TJ, have you have you seen any goofy prices? <laughs> so that sounds that sounds affirmative. You're talking to someone who frequents eBay, which is the king, king realm of uh, eBay goofy prices. Count. Oh sure, it does. That's cheating. Don't. It's not cheating. It's a store. It's what people ask, and it's, it's funnier true. because of what they ask prices for. So, I told I've told this one before. Uh, best get ever was uh, someone selling a toy they listed as transforming Dragon Man on eBay, and their photo looked like it'd been run over by a truck because they didn't know how to transform it. So, but what it actually was, was a Beast Wars 2 Galvatron, and they were selling fresh minty in the box ones. So for 18 shipped, I had my Beast Wars 2 Galvatron. Oh, man. <laughs> that, was be- that was beautiful. But inversely, I think it was, God, just a week or two ago, I tweeted it out where someone on eBay wanted 280 I want I say $285 for Stomp and Chomp Grimlock from Age of Extinction. <laughs> oh. I wonder if it's that one guy in Canada who tried to buy out Age of Extinction for the 2 weeks it was ex- exclusively here and he's still trying to get Do you guys remember that at all? No. So we we went over on this podcast, I'm really sure. There was a guy 
in my province, I believe. So Toronto had gotten Age of Extinction toys ahead of street date or whatever for mm-hmm. a couple weeks. And there was a guy who bought all of it, but he mostly bought the kind of the junk toys and was trying to sell them at like 300% markup and was just getting thrashed in his sales threads. <laughs> Uh, I, I distinctly remember that right now because we, that's when I, I had I'd gotten like videos up for the deluxes or something and like they were not in the States at all for, for a little while. No, no, I, I, no, this one was not in Canada, so probably not the same guy, but he moved to the States <laughs> in shame. <laughs> uh, I know I've also seen like when new deluxes hit, there will always be people trying to cash in on eBay and on Amazon where they'll be like, if you just want all the new deluxes, I've got the whole wave for $250. Oh, yeah. And it's like, boy, howdy. <laughs> Especially when it's mainline deluxes that are new. It's like, look, YouTube ain't... Some people, I think, might still think this, but no, YouTube ain't, ain't that anymore. There's no gain as a content creator, quote-unquote, to, to trying to lure one of them to buy these four deluxes off you for a, a couple hundred bucks because they think they might get a couple hundred more bucks getting the first video up. Like, that's that ain't the thing. But I, I still see it now and then when a new toy comes out, and I'm like, I wonder if there's any on the market. And I go on eBay, and I'm like, oh, it's just that market. I can get me an $80 deluxe if I really want to. <laughs> uh, or more like $60, I guess, to be fair. Um. But yeah, I, I would open this one up to listeners who have a much wider net of experience than just the three of us. Like any just goofily priced figures. And I, I I will say, don't put stores on blast here, like especially ones still active. Don't don't do this vindictively. This is for hahas, not not angry, you know, furrowed brow. Yeah, it's funny, right? Like kind of stuff. Like we wanna wanna still have fun with this in a, in a nice proper chill way. Be chill. Um and that uh, that brings us to what else we got this week. I would like to just actually beeline straight to you, TJ. What what is the new crown prince of uh, of my weird taste for Super Mini Plus? <laughs> uh, the new crown prince is the Astro Mega, otherwise known as the Astro Mega Zord. Oh, I heard good things about this too. Yeah. So the only thing the part forms on him is the part that's supposed to part form is the shuttle. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Like. He the the spaceship mode does end up a little bit more gappy because he does keep more to the TV show like suit proportions. You know, there's not a bunch of chunk hanging off just to fill gaps. Still mm-hmm. looks really solid. Still looks really good. And then it has the full transformation sequence. Everything works like it did on the larger toy. And then you just get a load of articulation to go with it. I am so into this because I also love that design. Oh yeah. Yeah, like I think that was uh, that was that was like a re- I guess a reverse gateway for me and uh, Transformers mm. because like it was me still going oh they're all they're animals now but then we got this Megazord in my collection and it's like wow this works like a Transformer yeah I re- re- really miss Transformers now. For those who don't know the Astro Megazord, it's basically a large blue starship that turns into a headless robot, and the headmaster is a smaller shuttle, mm-hmm. if I recall correctly. Mm-hmm. And and yeah. that's freaking cool. And and there's also a partner. They did a super mini plot of the partner robot too, and that that's fine. But yeah, yeah, I haven't I haven't built him yet, but mm-hmm. I I know he's got a lot of improvements from the original toy. 
I'm just I'm so into the Astro Megazord, uh, Galaxy Mega. Like that's yeah, Galaxy Mega. That was it. Yeah, that's 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 just a good design. I'm glad. Is that thing hard to get a hold of, or was it? Uh, it's fairly new, and it's not. Uh, it's not an exclusive. Oh, good, good, good. I might track that down. There, there's actually stores here that get wider release super mini or at least bluefin release super mini plow like on on their shelves here mm. uh it's probably not it's probably a bit more expensive but also that is often what can swing me over sometimes is if i'm like in the store looking at it and it's not hideously more expensive oh, oh absolutely it's like oh it's i could get it i could get it cheaper online but it's right here if it's a matter of like 10 bucks then i'll go like oh, those 10 dollars yeah are... <laughs> that's ten, the yeah, Ten dollars is yeah, it makes up for a week wait. The I'm right here fee. The I can play I'm, with it to I can play with it like as soon as I get home. Right. Yeah. The I can pull it I can just shake this box and actually feel it in my hands fee. Uh yeah, okay. You know what? That, that, there's our coda to the Tetemus Prime question. This is a Sentai thing that is basically a headmaster spaceship. Mm-hmm. And it's a and it's a very poseable mini plot kit. You'll get the whole. Definitely, this is a thing I think that you might want to look into. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and, and if you're into it, go in for the partner figure too. The combination is beautiful. Yeah. All right. Uh, while while I'm here with you, anything else off topic this week? Um. Yeah, not especially. Uh, All right. When, getting those Megazords down at the. Uh, at the, along with along with Razor Beast, Razor Beast stayed. The Megazords went to eBay because mm. they because I could fix them up and clean them up, and they were relatively nice condition. But for I was so tempted to keep them for a hot minute. Just I was wondering was, where those Megazords came from when I saw you putting some photos on Twitter. I was like, when yeah. did when did okay <laughs> there they yeah, go they All they right. ended up being an ebay flip but just like like just chunking these things together big solid clicks everything held together nice it's just do, do, do i need do i need to flip them that bad like <laughs> how, how how like i i do i have space can i can i can make space i can make space somewhere right like, the nice thing about about sentai figures is while definitely there's a bit of a hunt to them i feel like the if you really want to hunt one down, it's always achievable for the most part. At least well, like the yeah. ones that also had Power Rangers releases. Well, well absolutely. You know, because they couldn't make enough of those back in the 90s. Mm-hmm. But like the one I almost kept was like the Super Zeo Megazord. Oh, I think it's jumping which, too. That's just, yeah. Yeah. Whereas like, I remember as a kid going, oh, it's just a bunch of bright color shapes. It's like, like, a, like the Play School Megazord. And then I look at it today and going, that's a super cool engineering trick to have all the combination go top down. Yeah. And also it's such a clean robot and, and like yeah. I mean, the galaxy mega is probably, I'd say the cleanest of them all, but, uh, the, the Zeo Megazord is like, or super, super zero, I guess. Right. Or am I mixing super them up? Yeah. yeah. Super zero. The, that, that one is, is just like, it's so straightforward and simple and it's, uh, Without being a dig on the current state of of Sentai robots, because they they're still pretty cool. It's just that like they're very busy now. Yeah, uh, like, compared to something like that. Yeah, like I like I missed the feel of these, where it's just ch- huge parts chunking together. Yeah. Well, uh, congrats on flipping them. I think that's that was probably the right choice. Um, also, this reminds me. Did you all hear about the latest Power Rangers uh, small little drama? Uh, do you guys remember Power Rangers Turbo? 
Remember the Blue Ranger was a little kid? Re- regretfully. Yeah. Did you know that, that little kid grew up to be kind of a, a dickhead, apparently? Yeah, I'd seen something yeah, about yeah. that. <laughs> he was having a go at the new Gold Ranger saying this guy is a weenie, and I was just I was I replied to a friend of mine, I was like, was he not literally a little weenie of a kid when he was a Power Ranger? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who was unceremoniously just let like kind of story written off the show when they went to space because he's a kid? Yeah, we uh, gave it half a season and everyone hated it, so they ditched him. Yeah, just like man, uh, I saw I saw someone saying like between him and apparently I think it was the Time Force Blue Rangers actor did a, a movie Kickstarter and then didn't make a movie and then disappeared. Um, it's not looking good for past Blue Rangers right now. Uh, but yeah, I saw some of that and I was like, <laughs> of all the ones to have a chip on their shoulder, why has it got to be the one who was the kid back in the nineties? <laughs> uh, apparently like, he also tried to start beef with Jason David Frank, which I'm su- surprised didn't get jumped onto because JDF seems like he's all into that kind of publicity, but, uh, sorry, you were, you were saying something. It, it, like, it's unfortunate that he turned out to be a dick because if like, if he was actually cool, or, or if he had the Jason David Frank approach of, a, yeah, like, I love being on the show. I'll do it whenever. Like, he's the age range where he could have come back where he's the right age to be a Power Ranger, and it, everyone would have been super cool with it. Yeah, he could have come back as a veteran ranger, make him a movie-exclusive suit if you want to reuse one of those, and just go like, hey, this is... Or not even, a, a, a you know, from a from a legit Sentai team member, but, you know, maybe one of those other characters they sometimes throw in, or a Metal Hero suit doing a cameo. Uh, he's the right age to have, to have been it, but he's also... <laughs> Sounds like it's not a very cool person at all. So there you go. There's some of your, hey, listen, we're uh, Sister Sight Toku Nation. That's us th- throwing the olive branch out and stealing some of your news. Uh, <laughs> stealing, stealing some of y'all's gossip. Um, well, I'll, uh, I'll, I guess I'll bounce over to you, Aaron. Yeah. Uh, you got anything off topic you want to talk about? Yeah, I can continue some uh, super mini plot talk. Oh, because my grid man came in like a month earlier than I thought it was going to the uh, the base set. Yeah. So I I had bought that, I think, on air uh, last time we recorded and it gave like a month out delivery time. And I thought, hey, that'll be a nice birthday gift for myself. And then within uh, four or five days, I've got a sorry, we missed your delivery note on the door. And I'm like what have I got coming that it requires signature? And then on the, on the, on the sticker, it just says, you know, shipper Japan. And I'm like, what am I getting from Japan? Oh, <laughs> wait, that, what? How did that get here? No. Is, is it something else? Is like some ancient order or something showed up? Nope. Sure enough. It was, it was the grid band four pack. Nice. And so, yeah, uh, built it and uh, many many memories of having that toy as a child uh, with the various transformations um, you know the only rough thing is that like the dimensions for toy don't fit for the dimensions for mini plot toy so it's like the any of the fists for the combined modes don't fit where they would have in the pat and out of the toy uh, they're also going other- for a a bit more of a person proportion, right? That as well. Yeah, a little bit more. Yeah, it's like it's only slightly, but yeah. just enough to. But no, well, it's also like because of the way that like the mini plot toy does it. So for the um, 
the three parts combining on their own. Because I think those fists used to flip out of the back of the jet, mm-hmm. but there's no way for it to flip out without having giant open panels. So the yeah. fists yeah. just plug in. Um, and then same with there's just not the space inside the the drill tank part for the combined mode fists. Some sometimes I think Bandai also like I I think that that is almost a an expertise unique to Transformers and Transformers adjacent figures mm-hmm. is is the kind of uh the sleight of hand to get a proportionally satisfying fist or hand to fold away into a small space because right. even on Bandai high end stuff like for instance their their Macross stuff they'll usually have a sort of anemic hand that works for transformation and then if you want you pull it off and put on this big thick stonkin super robot hand right. uh, that looks cooler but you know it absolutely does not fit in that in the crevice it's supposed to go into and i feel like one of the little, the little things that Hasbro Takara Tomy and third party companies figured out some third party companies anyway is like just these kind of amazing feats of mathematics to get a more uh, a, a balance between proportional hand and a space to fold it away into Mm-hmm. Um, so and that's like that's almost like a Bandai thing. Like you know, I got the high metal VF4. I love it. Uh, he, he has teeny tiny fists that fold away, and then you know, much more normal looking hands that can go on in place of them. Right. Um, Soldier Goku and as well. Uh, I always kind of wish that there was a way to get those giant posable hands to fit into the turbines, even if it was like the turbines just clamshell open. Um, that's cool. Uh, did, did you enjoy smacking it together? I did. Uh, it was a fun build that I did over the course of... I probably built it over the course of like three or four hours, just taking my time with it. Hmm. Nice. Got through a bunch of posing, flipped it around back and forth, sent pictures to my brother, and he's like, yeah, so... And I'm like, no, I just built these. These aren't the ones from childhood that have disappeared. He's like, oh! Oh, okay, that's cool. So. As he quietly continues to hoard away the ones from childhood that quote-unquote <laughs> yeah. disappeared. Yeah that disappeared <laughs> he's like wait how'd you find those he's like in the midst of like opening yeah. his cabinet and you're like oh oh you built it right yes you yeah. did no i do feel sorry for him because whereas we just saw uh in game he's not going to be able to see it for another week due to work uh his work and his wife's work and i said oh i sorry about your internet going out for a week now too and he's like yeah i've had to delete everything off of my phone so i don't get notifications the bummer is it's not, even, it's not even your friends anymore. It's friggin' trash sites like comic book yeah. resources who yeah. write friggin' granted, I have a bias with them because I believe maybe I, I believe they're the ones that stole a photo uh off of my website once with my like uh, uh, basically clearly a screenshot of something that I filmed and just put it into one of their Transformers top tens, and it was a garbage top ten as well. But yeah. they they're those sites that write headlines that are like they're like, you know when people think they're being clever about spoilers and they aren't? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. those kind of headlines where it's like, no, the thing is you told me something with that headline because you said everything but one word. That's still telling me something. Yeah. You said everything. Yeah. In fact, it's worse. No, <laughs> that was, what did I see? Uh, it was on YouTube on like popular or trending or something. It was like... This Avengers Endgame spoiler thing explained, like, as the title. It's like, it's, oh, the, well, yeah. it's the day after release. What oh, do you, okay, I get, well, they, I, I get that you're wanting to jump on it, but you can say, like, 
When it says explained, this is the worst part. When it says explained, they're not even fans. That is a yeah. YouTube micro industry. The moment a movie comes out, you say, film title ending explained. And sometimes they'll do it for a movie where the ending, where it was just a classic hero's journey with a really straightforward yeah. ending. And you see that and you're like, I'm sorry, what was there to explain? What? He, he <laughs> see, overcame they- his fear of water. When, yeah. when they rode off into the sunset, it's symbolic of the story being over. Or, yeah, or, like, you know, something that ends on, like, the most base-level story twist slash, you know, kind of teasing loose end. And they're like, mm-hmm. what did this mean? And then it's like, it meant sequel bait. And you're like, thanks for making a 16-minute-long clickbait video about mm-hmm. it. Like, you know, it's one of those there's YouTube micro-indices I'm fine with, and there's ones I'm not fine with. Uh, this is like in the mid tier, you know, this is one I'm not fine with, but it's also, it's at worst irritating because they don't know how to hide, you know, blowing the ending of films the day they come out. It's mm-hmm. not as bad as like monetized hatred. Uh, that's still the worst one. Oh, like the creepy videos that are supposed to like lure in kids that just keep watching whatever. Uh, there's those two. That's actually, a, that's a separate one that is all uh, probably actually worse. Monetized hatred is like. Uh, you know, monetized harassment of people or several versions oh, of the, the of that sort of like truly direct direct hatred, not just yeah, like the kind of trash that like you'd think we grew out of ten years after Encyclopedia Dramatica, got, you know, then got bought and repackaged. But there's also like the whole you know the closet industry. This one's the one I'm kind of I'm kind of scientifically interested to watch. Because uh, this is the first Star Wars movie that's a numbered one that it's around for before it came out, but like that that weird cottage industry of people who make daily content about being mad about Star Wars Eight, uh, yeah, you know, and, and that that is a th- or in video games, for instance, like I was trying to keep up with a bit about Mortal Kombat Eleven, and there were some channels that were making multi episodic per week, uh, you know, video releases about. Everything. It's not just Mortal Kombat. It's just that's the one that, that caught my eye. Where any any news about Mortal Kombat, here's how it's bad news. Or with you know current free to play games, Apex Legends is out for a week, and then someone has to start making videos going like Apex Legends, no new content, dying, big red letters, like those kind of you know, like that, that kind of nonsense. Like it's like the it's like tabloids, but run through a video compression, which kind of offends me on a more base level. Yeah, uh, and you know, and or those platforms where it's like at one point they were mad about Magic the Gathering or video games, but now their whole platform with attached Patreon is I'm just mad about something, and yeah. they have to go find new things to pretend that they ever cared about, so they can then get mad about the current state of them. Is that City like the, of Heroes, the guy that got clocked at Gen Con. Yeah. <laughs> that's one of the vague references yeah. I made. Uh, but like City of Heroes recent news, that was just a bunch of, you know, those those gaming platforms finding a new thing to be mad about for a week. Uh, when everyone who never watched She-Ra as a kid suddenly talked about how much they cared about 80s She-Ra so they could be mad about the new one. Uh, man, that really got on a rant there. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I just realized how much time has passed by. But anyway, I hate all those channels, and I, I think that they are a, a, a plague and uh, the closest thing to a digital cancer on a content release platform. And culturally, they do hideous amounts of damage uh, to pop culture, in my opinion. But uh, they're also a giant glass ceiling that's in the midst of collapsing on itself. So, uh, 
If you all listen to episode 557, the one I recorded by myself, these are the kind of tangents I get onto when I'm by myself. Uh, in this case, I'm just a little bit drowsy, and I, I just started going. So uh, thanks for putting up with that, y'all. <laughs> uh, also, you guys don't know this yet, but episode 557 ended up just being me asking Twitter some vague questions and then turning them into a podcast. Okay. Uh, I, do, I do talk about both of you at some point, I think. I think I talked about Aaron a bit more. You know, like more personal, more dish okay. on him. But uh, oh, well, now I'll listen to it definitely. <laughs> I, I didn't think we were going to have to have this beef. I mean, I was trying to room with you at TFCon, but I guess not now. I think I mostly was like I was talking about you scientifically with collector motivations, and then commented that I'm talking about Aaron as though he's like a subject of investigation, and it's funny because it's, I'm doing this when I'm by myself on a podcast, not saying I have your address and your door code, so I can just now mail like poop to you, but. I don't think I called you. I think I think I was like talking about your collector habits based on it was something about buying giant toys and I was like obviously Aaron has expressed how you know he he has tons of space to buy giant expensive toys on a whim because you know you have said many times you don't have space to buy giant expensive toys uh, on a whim. Mm-hmm. Uh anyway, I I just listened to that whole thing because I couldn't remember everything I talked about in it, but I don't I don't think I actually was insulting. I just know that I said that you two probably won't listen to it, so I'm now saying that you should probably listen to it. I'm undercutting previous me. I think I yelled at previous me in the the Sunday podcast roundtable thing I made, too. Anyway, uh, we should close up because I am totally getting into the mindset I get into when I'm talking solo on a stream, and I am not. There are two people sitting here patiently. So Mm -hmm. thank you, Aaron and TJ, for joining me. You're welcome. We uh, we kind of we kind of slammed this one together in the last minute, but I think it worked because we're also mercifully in a, in a nicely slow cycle of news. And uh, I need to catch up on more of these things. Although now the podcasts are flowing as of this recording, uh, flowing plentifully. So uh, we will talk to you all later. Thank you all for tuning in and stay tuned for more because there always will be more. Uh, and until we talk to you again, please kindly uh, do stay safe out there. It means, but you got some badass perpetrators and they're here to stay.